Welcome to the Mavens of Marketing, a weekly podcast hosted by me, Rachel Durkin. And me, Carrie Barrett. We talk all things marketing, innovation, sales, and business growth strategies, and the standard tried and true marketing techniques. Come for the conversation, stay for the savvy insights. And the borderline inappropriate jokes. episode of the mavens of marketing i am your lovely co-host carrie barrett along with the fabulous rachel durkin how are you my friend hello i am so excited about this person that we're interviewing i've only had what two conversations with her virtually and it that every one of them has been truly enjoyable yeah (laughs) and (laughs) it's gonna be a good one today i i can't wait to talk to her either and she's got all sorts of secret sauce for our audience when it comes to making their pitches and how to use their pitches when it comes to marketing their business and their brand before we jump into the introduction of precious uh my name is carrie barrett I am the founder owner of Carrie Barrett Consulting. I have a 20 year background as an Emmy award-winning news anchor producer and reporter. I now help my clients expand their presence in both the digital landscape and in the media through the use of video. Rachel, you wanna introduce yourself and your business to our audience? Yes, yes, I'm Rachel Durkin. For those of you who don't know me, my company is Paradigm Marketing and Design. We are a web branding and marketing agency. We lead with strategy first in all things, and we specialize in working with clients with complex sales, which means if you're not buying a widget online, it's gonna require a conversation from somebody or an expert in order to close a deal. We can help you shorten the sales cycle and increase the number of leads that your sales team is is meeting with. And by the way, you look fabulous. I mean, you always look fabulous, but I really like what you have going on right now. Oh, me or or Precious? You. Well, both of you. Oh, nice. Thank you. I mean, we all look Without further ado, Precious, I like what you have going on too. How are you? I'm so great. I'm I'm fabulous, darling. Fabulous. Fabulous. I love, and when I first asked Precious to be on this podcast, I randomly messaged her on LinkedIn and her answer back was like, yes, queen. And I'm like, this is the energy that I am here for. So I can't wait to talk to you. Can you introduce yourself to our audience? Tell them a little bit, bit about who you are, what you do, all that good juicy stuff. All right, all right. Ladies, ladies, <laughs> raise your hands if you want to be a bad bitch with the power of pitch. I do. I said it. I, I said it. Fellas, <laughs> raise your hands if you want to be a bad man with a master pitching plan. You can raise your hands. Okay, I want to raise it anyway. You have come to the right place. My name is Precious Williams, and I am officially known as the hashtag killer pitch master. Now, why do they call me that? Because I can help you what? Slay all competition. I create the most killer elevator pitches, media pitches, investor pitches, speaker pitches, and interview pitches. And the reason why people hire me, companies, corporations, nonprofits, foundations, uh, successful women and men entrepreneurs and speakers hire me is because I'm a world-class master communicator and I can see into them what they're not telling and showing other people, right? And so I'm a 13-time national elevator pitch champion. Yes, I appeared on Shark Tank season eight in 2016. Yes, I've been featured in Forbes magazine, CNN, Wall Street Journal, movies and documentaries around the world. I am also, as of last week, a three-time number one best-selling author of business books on pitching. In fact, my first book, Bad Bitches and Power Pitches for Women Entrepreneurs and Speakers Only, is a four-time book of the year finalist in business, sales, and economics. And my third book, which debuted on April 13th, 
2021 at number one. It's called Pitching for Profit, the bad bitches playbook to convert conversations into currency. So as you can see, I love pitching. I started pitching back uh, in 2011 with my first company. I had no money. No, none of my family and friends thought that my company would survive. I'm, I'm a former attorney. And through the art and science of pitching with no, like no one trained me, I walked, I, I literally talked myself on a national television. And then after that, I won 13 out of 14 competitions. So you're dealing with someone who's not new to this. I'm true to this. I love what I do even after all of these years. And it's just a blessing that, you know, the biggest companies and corporations, foundations and nonprofits in the world seek me out to teach on tra training on pitching, um, communication skills, visibility, branding, intergenerational communication, and also internal and external communications. And yes, I'm still black on both sides. Ew. So yes, my name is <laughs> Williams. I am the proud founder and CEO of Perfect Pitches by Precious. You've been served. I let, let me just say I I that's first of all that's the best intro I've ever had on this podcast. Second of all, I am so hot right now. You are my business crush, precious. I gotta I, tell I you. I be trying. I be trying in these streets. I be trying. I am a raving fan. Oh my goodness! What kind of attorney were you? I started off as a medical malpractice, products liability, and toxic tort attorney, and I'm gonna tell you, it was boring. I remember quitting my job on July 15, 2009. <laughs> I worked at Sullivan and Cromwell. I clerked for a federal judge in the Southern District, the, the Honorable Judge Harold Bear Jr., who is now deceased. I worked in medical malpractice, product liability, toxic torts, and I finished my career with my own firm doing low-level criminal cases and real estate matters. Everything from mortgage, uh, mortgage foreclosure defense to wow. landlord-tenant cases and stuff like that. God, I was, just I was absolutely bored. So you are a woman of many talents. All right. So Precious, tell us, so obviously you know what you're doing, but tell us for those of us who are not quite as authentic and amazing at this naturally as you are, what makes a good pitch? What really makes a great pitch overall, and I will always say this, is you have to lay the foundation first. You will meet a lot of gurus who will sell you this big picture story and you don't have to work hard. My thing is you do. So I love for people to bring their authenticity, authenticity and transparency, but let's get to the basics first before we take it into killer pitch mode. First, you need to be able to articulate who you are. Why the hell is that important? Mm -hmm. What is it that you do and why they need you now? Number three, who do you truly serve? Like who is your target market and who are some of the ancillary uh, markets that could you utilize your services to? Number four, what is your secret sauce? What do you do better than anyone else? If you're a graphic designer, if you're a florist, if you're a detailer, why you over anyone else? And number five, what is your powerful call to action? You need to specifically direct people to do something. So when you're pitching, whether you're pitching for media, investors, at, at networking events, what do you want people to do with the information you give them? Do you want to tell them to go to your website? Do you want them to book a, a consultation uh, or discovery call with you? Do you want them to buy your book? Do you want them to check you out on social media? Do you want to check out your new show? Do you want them to listen to your podcast? Be very specific. And so those are the top five things that we must address initially when you're creating your pitch. And so once you have the foundation together, then we take it to the next level. And so I don't know if you want me to talk about that now, but I definitely want what I see a lot in the marketplace, especially with people who now see that pitching is really taking it outside of Shark Tank and you can do it any and everywhere is 
they'll do all of the big picture things without understanding that if the foundation isn't correct, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You need to have the foundation first and then start adding things on top of it to make it better. What and how do you know what to add? So I'm going to share with you right now. So to get into killer pitch mode, this is where, number one, you have to be a master storyteller, right? And so when I was on Shark Tank, when I started pitching it from 2011 to 2013, becoming a 13-time champion, my story started off with, it started off with Valentine's Day. And so everybody has this, this image of what Valentine's Day is, flowers, chocolate, maybe going on dates, sexy lingerie, all that kind of stuff. And then being able to, to direct them where I want them to go. So starting off with the, with the, you have to set a scene in the audience's mind before you take them somewhere, right? And so when you're telling the story, how do you usually start it off? And then take them with you on your journey. Number two, you have to be bold and unexpected. If you notice when I started pitching, I had the nerve to use a curse word and I stood in it. I'm not afraid to be controversial, not for just controversy's sake, but I'm different and my pictures have to reflect that I'm different. They don't reflect what you can find on Google. So when you when I say being bold and unexpected, you have to think about, you have to think about, are you starting off with a quote, a startling statistic? Are you asking a question? Most people start off with their name and the name of their company. Now I told you that's basic. Those are the basics that need to be in your pitch. To take it to the next level, you want to start off with something that grabs their attention. And so when you do, when you when you start off with a question, a certain statistic, a quote, or dropping a set of books, because you want like Tupac said, oh, zooming. <laughs> Number three, always remember there has to be a pattern interrupt. If everybody's doing this when they're pitching themselves, you have to start and end differently. As the great Dr. Sherwood said, start off with a bang and with fireworks. And that goes for presentations too. If you start off boring, no one's listening. This is what you're gonna have. So I got two phones. You know what I'm saying? Number four, number four, and this is critically important. You have to know and study your audience. Who are you pitching in front of? So if you're pitching to media, it's very different from how you pitch to investors. Let's be clear about that. They have two, they're serving two different purposes. So you need to have multiple pitches for different audiences. If you are pitching to a community organization about a presentation that you want to give, if you are pitching to um, some of the biggest investors, the investors are going to worry about the financials and marrying it to the story. When you're pitching to media, what is so different about you that truly stands out and will attract newer people to you and give that media brand even more clicks, views, and, 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 and everything that they need, right? So you know you got to be different. Mm -hmm. So understanding, when you know and study your audience, you're creating the pitches specific to that audience. How I speak to women my age, I'm 42 years old. Yes, the doll is 42. It's very different from how I would speak to millennials. Mm -hmm. It's very different from what we would put out like as public information versus when I come in to speak. What do you want them to truly know about you, right? And so if they're going to go to your website, which is a pitch in and of itself, but y'all know a, a website is a pitch, right? What do you want different audiences to take from it? Do you want them to see you as the foremost authority? Do you want them to see you as something new, hot, and fresh? That's media, right? So being very clear about knowing and studying your audience and tailoring your pitch appropriately to that audience. When I present at Google and Microsoft, those presentations are very different from pitching at, from, from speaking at Bottomless Closet or Address for Success Worldwide. 
-hmm. How I speak at NBC Universal is very different from the other come into it QuickBooks. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so people have to be able to see you specifically for their problem, their issue, their challenge or concern. Number five, you have to truly address the challenge before you offer a solution. Let me tell you what most of us do. Most of us, oh, I'm the pitch master, get with me, da da da. Well, if most people don't understand that pitching can be used every day in any way, they're not going to hear you. So when you talk about pitching from the perspective that when you talk about that no good man or woman in your life, when you talk about that job you love or hate, when you talk about great opportunities, that's pitching. You're getting people enrolled in what you're saying and wanting you to be the center of attention and listening to what you say. Now, when you add strategy, cunning, and precision, you're in killer pitch mode, right? <laughs> and finally, number six, your perceived flaws are your secret weapon. Why? And what does that even mean? So we all know about age, race, class, sex, sexual orientation, a differently abled, all those sort of things. Those are the things that people will always say in society who says will hold you back. Mm -hmm. The fact that I'm black on both sides, not light skin, not green eyed. I don't have six pack abs. I don't have a Brazilian butt lift. So people are like, yo, you, you, you're, not, you're not what they're looking for. And let me assure you, I am what, they're, what, what people are looking for because I truly reflect what most of us truly look like, right? I, I look like that. I have an extreme talent. And so when I say they never see, it's your secret weapon because they never see you coming. As women, you know, we're often discounted or, oh, but when you bring that bold personality to the forefront, when you bring your quiet storm personality to the forefront and you stand in your power, we've spent all our life looking at people, looking at men and, 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 and people who may not look like us. And we've always had to study their moves. You've never studied mine, which means that I know how you move. When I hit that stage, when I virtually train, when I fly out like an Instagram thotty all over the world to speak to companies and corporations, they're always impressed because they think they have me pegged and they don't. And so that's why it's our superpower because they never see us coming. We've been disrespected and dismissed. Mm -hmm. But when you grab that microphone, hashtag rock the mic, hashtag speaker tales, <laughs> blow them away and it goes back to when I was uh, when I was pitching curvy girls lingerie people thought I would talk about food and stuff like that and when I talked about a red hot love affair with a very famous Hollywood actor they were like yo that's not true it was true I want to know who it is <laughs> wait a minute you can't stop that and not tell us who it who's is who's the actor come on no mm, give us I a hint care. you know he's deceased do know that he's dead now he's been dead for years but he is the inspiration behind Curvy Girls Launch Ray. And he uh, he is the inspiration for why he even became the killer pitch master. Wow. All right. Well, so I hope that, that answered your question. I know it's long-winded, but I'll get it out. Another, fabulous. So so I, I love what you're saying about the, you know, you gotta grab their attention in the beginning. I in, in marketing, it in my mind, like on a website or 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 a conversation, it's the first it's the rule of seven. The first seven seconds or you lose their attention, the first seven words on a flyer, the first seven What's that? What are you doing? That, that's cool. That, that's snapping, but, but uh, oh, you're like, yeah, you're on. It, it, yeah. And it's coming off seven. right. That's snap, snap, snap. <laughs> so the first seven words, if you don't grab their attention, you lost them. And then right. once you've got their attention, it's the next seven words and then the next seven words, right? And so, but let me go back. The last thing you were talking about, number six, about you know connecting authentically with your audience. Talk to me a little bit for the novice, for the people who are not, this doesn't come naturally to. How how do you do that? You know, can you go a little deeper there for me? 
how do you grab your audience or authentically because you know I, I saw on your website and you know I, I've when I read your stuff you talk about authentically connecting right and that's right. so I, I that's become a theme across every podcast we've done you've got to be authentic you've got to connect how do you do it you know so here's here's the thing so when I started my company in 2013 perfect pitches about precious I thought I had to dress act and sound like the gurus right mm -hmm. I had to come in pretty, everything had to be on point, everything had to be this. When in 2017, I almost took my life, right? I was feeling very despondent after the love of my life died, right? And I had lost everything. I became a severe alcoholic. I was dealing with deep grief, right? And I, I didn't feel comfortable being able to share that with people. And I became homeless. And I went through such a dark time for two from 2017 to 2018. And when I graduated from the Bowery Mission Women's Center, wonderful program, um, had a high paying job and I hadn't had a job in years because you know, when you're running company, whatever. I remember saying, I am not, I went, to, I went to my job and I said, today is my last day and I walked out and that was it, right? My first speaking engagement was with Bottomless Closet which is similar to Just for Success. And I remember when I walked in, I hadn't spoken in years, y'all. I hadn't spoken because I'd been in a program. I walked in and it was standing room only. And I couldn't believe it because I thought I'd fallen off so far. No one would ever show up to hear me speak. So I was in there speaking. And it was standing room only. They finally put us out. because That's how long I was going. I was going in. <laughs> but I wasn't telling them what even brought me there, right? And then Bottomless Class introduced me to Viacom. So I went and I, you know, uh, was given a presentation at Viacom for Smart and Sexy Day, had an influencer contract and everything. And towards the end, I heard God say, tell them the truth. And it's something I didn't want to, right? I, I didn't want to say that I was homeless. I didn't want to say that I ate out of garbage cans. I didn't want to say that the love of my life died. I didn't want to say those things because I thought it would take away from me. So towards the end of my presentation, Pam Coolness, who I met at the Embrace Ambition Summit with Tori Birch, I said, uh, I said, Pam, I just want to share something with you that I, that has been placed on my heart. I said, when you booked me to speak at Bottomless Closet, I was a client of Bottomless Closet. You just didn't know it. And the look on for she dropped like what? And I said, had I told you at the time that I was a student in the Bowery Mission Women's Center, your attitude towards me would have changed. I wanted you to see me as the killer pitch master. Mm -hmm. And now that we we were over that. The thing is, when you met me, I was homeless. These are, I'm the type of woman you help. And I'm, my story is not often told. Mm -hmm. And so the, 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 the Viacom executives were just like, what? And I said, I'm where I am today because the image I put out there now has to be congruent with who I really am. And so when I tell you, they started crying and everything, it, like the women, the men, Pam, she's like, I had no idea. I said, the reason why I have to be congruent now is because we do a disservice to people just showing us the, the Birkin bags and the, how beautiful and glitzy things are. We don't share the surgeries that we're healing from. We don't share the, the bad things, but entrepreneurs go through the ups and the downs of speakers. Like we all go through it. And if we only give a shiny picture, the people who are struggling to make it think that there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And because I've been there, I want you to know the full story of how I got there. So when people talk about authenticity and transparency, I'm really listening for more than just those buzzwords. What are they truly saying? 
How are they telling you about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and being able to rise above? What are they talking about when it when we're talking about the things that everyone goes through, heartache, heartbreak, loss, um, what, what the pandemic has done, being able to talk about it in a way that is not guarded. That's what I mean by authenticity and transparency, not just the buzzwords of saying it because it loses, it loses steam. It, it's kind of like when people were talking about uh, imposter syndrome, it's been said so much to me, I don't even hear it, mm -hmm. right? I don't hear it. So I don't have to talk about those things so much I'll give it to you and you'll see it. And when people meet me, they're like, oh my God, your energy. Oh, you are so real. You're so this. They're saying it. I love that. When they read my books and I, I talk about some of the things of, you know, being a child and being five years old and having stick figures and talking to my stick figures, like I was telling Jesse Raphael and, and Phil Donahue, I knew I was going to be a talk show host. I knew I was going to be on television. Mm -hmm. Now in the natural, as Joe Osteen always says, it there's no way that a, a hood girl from St. Louis would ever be where I am today. But in the supernatural, it was written. He put that in my heart when I was five. I knew I was going to have a billboard in Times Square. Had never seen Times Square. But that's been in my brain since I was five years old. And when I told people in my, you know, told my mom that it never happened. You know what? It happened when I was 40. Mm -hmm. It happened. And so being able to marry your story with your message, with what you're putting out there. Not everybody should be privy to everything in your life. Let me just be clear about that. When I speak at Microsoft, Google, LinkedIn, those are not the stories I bring up because that has nothing to do with that particular audience. Yes. So I'll bring up stories that have to do with that audience, right? When I'm speaking to women, entrepreneurs, corporate executives and stuff like that, I'll, I'll drop some tea in there. So every story isn't for everybody. Every experience isn't for everybody, but match the story, match the match what you need them to know about you to trust that they, you've been where they've been and you overcame any and all obstacles. And that's how you do it. Is it hard in the beginning? Of course it is. But like anything, it's a process. Just like marketing is a process. Just like you know, you attract in this certain market, there, there are probably other markets that are gonna be attracted to you because they see other people like, oh, what's good? I didn't start out being a corporate trainer. I started out being a pitch master and just teaching people how to pitch. I never thought that big companies like Intuit QuickBooks would come to me and be like, yo, we want you at our conference. What'd it take? What them rates looking like? I'm like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, you make such a good point. One of the things that I always advise clients when they're creating video is that there needs to be story and the story has to have some emotional hook. And right. what is your best story is not necessarily the best story for that audience or for Say that audience or back. for that audience. So I'm, I want to ask you a question that I, one of the things that, or perhaps one of the industries that I I see struggle in the most when it comes to creating that, you know, that unique selling proposition or the story that goes around them are two of the maybe more dry industries out there, right? It's finance and it's insurance. And I feel like anytime I hear somebody pitch those two, right? They're in those two spaces. It's the same thing the same that I have pitch, heard. No if I've heard one, I've heard that. a thousand. How do they, how do people in industries that don't necessarily naturally lend themselves to that creativity and storytelling make themselves stand out? Let me give you an example of, of a person who did this and it has always stuck with me. Okay. 
I was at an event, uh, Westchester Networking for Professionals, right? And I was giving a presentation on pitching. This man, I believe his name is like Paulo. He said, he, so I asked everybody to pitch, right? And I, it's safe space. I'm not, look, I'm not here to cut people up. He stood up and said something like this. I'm a firefighter. And everyone needs a firefighter. When your home is going up in flames, when things aren't right in the family, when there's death and destruction, who do you call in the firefighter? And then he went into insurance. <laughs> when I tell you, and I, I can't even, I swear, I wish he was right here. The way he did it was so like he married it to something that we can all identify. Like we talked about in stories. When people are talking about when, when regular insurance representatives and all of them, they'll say something about, what's the thing that they always say that always is like, you know, about, you know, saving, saving for great memories. And <laughs> I'm blanking, but there's something they all Your use. finance like, quarterback. If I hear that. Cares. You know why nobody cares? It doesn't make sense to them. They don't like it, it, it's using this your terms of art don't match regular everyday people mm -hmm. well he said firefighter and going in to help your family fight family fires fight you know you know fight against this and that it was so powerful i literally had to take like jaw drop i had to pick my jaw back up and be like wow now that was good he married mm -hmm. it with something that we we all know about and can make the analogy between so when there's a death in the family, everybody's going crazy. This person comes in and saves the day. Mm -hmm. When you have, when you become disabled or you have a, a tragic accident at work, this is the person that's going to calm you down and strictly go through the, go through all the policies and make sure you're taken care of. Like that even applied to like Affleck. Like I was so blown by what he said. And I was just like, mm -hmm. so <laughs> what I loved about what he did is the analogy to something we all can understand. Yeah. And then making insurance human, not mm -hmm. just products and services that you may, may not need, but making it immediate. When something bad happens, who do you call? You can call police and they're going to call fire. They're going to come in and help. They're the people that, that, that they're the people that keep the documents that, that protect your life, health, home, rent, and like, like all those sort of things. But the way he broke it down, and I swear he did it in like 50 seconds. And it was so beautiful, so powerful to this day. I just want to give a shout out to him because he did it. And Maybe. I loved it. And I was like, man, I wish I had wrote that. But I always want to give him credit because he did that. You're, you're, yeah, you're making it human, right? You're, you're stepping outside of the like, well, we, you service this many people and we, you know, blah, blah, whatever. I'm, I'm like motioning, like I have a tie on. I yes, I, I got it. I was, <laughs> I was buttoned up, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but like finding that human angle, even if it seems like it doesn't exist, it's, it's always there. It just takes a little digging to get into in some, in some cases. Definitely. I, I want to ask you this next question. How do you create, you talked about strategy as being right beyond the foundation. Then you add these elements into how you create a pitch. How do you, how do you create a strategy to go after like the right people or the right prospects? Like get their attention? Like all of that stuff. Obviously it's human. It's finding the right story, but what, like, 
we're all in these crazy virtual networking situations with perhaps a room of a hundred people. We don't know any, maybe we're not even all that educated about who that audience is. We just think it might be beneficial because we've heard good things about the group. How do you create a strategy around that? Okay, so we're encountering that a lot, right? Yeah. We're encountering it so much. And so the pitch you heard me do earlier, I can do it regular, any kind of event, right? And people are always just like, wow, 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 wow. Because they can see it, right? What I will say is, in taking with what I said earlier about being a storyteller, call to action, all those sort of things that you need, what I also stress is practicing, yeah. in the mirror, practicing on disinterested parts, not your family and friends. They love everything you do, but they ain't going to buy nothing. <laughs> I just want to leave on that note. Uh, but just practicing and then understanding as, you, as you're talking to disinterested parties, asking them quite, what, what type of questions come up, because those are the questions that have come up in networking people's minds. Like, does this matter? Da, da, da. And yeah. also understanding that as you're pitching, you're still educating. Remember, think about pitching like this, Queens. You have somebody in your family who, who cooks great food. Might be grandma, might be moms, might be dad, might be brother. You know Thanksgiving or some holiday where we get not eat on. You go over their house, the odoriferous emanations, you're like, I'm about to go I'm about to go ham and cheese, peanut butter and jelly on this plate. You stuff your plate with all these things. Someone has said grace. Okay, so think of the plate as your business, your career, your life, your relationships. That first fork, that's the pitch. So let me break it down a little further. This fork that you're about to eat, that's enticement of more to come. You don't give up. <laughs> you don't give up everything. Yeah. You want to bait, attract, so that you get to that next meeting. You get them on the phone, you get them at the website, you get them on your mailing list. And that's when you start going ham and cheese and peanut butter and jelly on them. <laughs> Not looking forward to automatically close. And when we go to networking events, and that's why I don't go to so many. I, I have certain groups that I stay true to because it has been financially and emotionally advantageous to me. So people invite me all the time if it's a certain dollar amount, I just won't go because I know who I'll be around. And it's always this, it's a desperation. I don't need to be in those spaces. So I go to certain ones that I'm like, okay, these are where heavy hitters are people or industries I need to get into, right? And in knowing I need to get in an industry, what are some of the buzzwords that are particular to that industry that shows that I'm on the level? And then just understanding that this is a marathon, not a sprint. The greatest uh, lucrative opportunities have come from people watching me be consistent, persistent, and on my grind on the daily. Mm -hmm. When LinkedIn came to me and you know asked, you know said, "Would you like to have a link, you know LinkedIn Live show?" I didn't apply. I didn't do any of that. They came to me, and I was shocked. I was like, "Cause you're I was like, "Oh man, I'm trying to get the LinkedIn thing." And I'm like, "I didn't even apply." And it's kind of like when I wanted to be on Shark Tank, I didn't apply. They came to me. And the only reason I can say that with, with the utmost confidence is because daily it was in my post. I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving nuggets of wisdom, but I'm also showing you behind the scenes of what my life really looks like. That even when I'm here, and I hope I can show this to y'all. 
So I'm here in Vermont healing from oral surgery, right? So here's some of my books, right? I have, so I've mailed out about a thousand copies already from people who ordered on my website. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm healing from surgery, I'm, you know, filling these out, putting them in. I take pictures when I'm at the post office and I show them the true tea of entrepreneurship. So if all you see is a glistening glam, we own private jets and stuff like that, that's an unrealistic thing. The realistic thing about being an entrepreneur or a speaker is the behind the scenes is showing I work for this. It's not handed to me. Yeah. I work to get their attention. I work to get it into a QuickBooks attention. I worked. I didn't know it would turn out like that. But now as I look back, as Steve Jobs always says, connect the dots. You don't connect it forward, we connect it back. I see that when I changed up my mentality about showing the realness and the and, and, and how hard I do work. Yes, I would I love when people say work, work smarter, not harder, but you got to work hard to even know what smart is. Mm-hmm. And so showing them that you're working hard, so am I. This is not given to me. I'm still black on both sides. I'm still from the inner city. I still had to make it. That is why things are changing around. So yes, you hear the big gurus with the nice buzzwords. They're always going to get people to come in and not really learn anything and just want to take pictures. To me, the greatest pictures are the candidates, not the post, because their success is not, that's not authentic, right? Yeah. So what I'm hearing is it's really the intersection of authenticity and consistency. Yep. And, uh, And paired with visibility. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. those are who are so those who continuously are visible mm-hmm. in their consistency will attract opportunities that people who who are just like oh no one's gonna buy because of the pandemic and economic downturn social unrest. Mm-hmm. I got indignant like no I've been through homelessness addiction and all that kind of stuff. I am not giving up. In fact, I'm going harder in the paint. Mm-hmm. I'm getting so visible. Y'all going to hate me. I'm on my Kanye. <laughs> I'm on my Kanye. I am not going to be boxed in. I'm not just a killer pitch master. I'm a communication skills expert. I'm a visibility strategist. I knows what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're coming to me. So while y'all shrink and be like, nobody has money, people have money. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, maybe your market at this time is struggling. Who else needs you? Start looking, looking at trade magazines, start looking, you know, really doing a deep dive on social media work. Like I know everybody is on Clubhouse and I'm going to have a, a little thing on Clubhouse with an investor friend of mine. But you know, he told me something. He said, Precious, you're, you're, you're everywhere. He said, you just had surgery. After your surgeries, we can do that. He said, but like, like you all in marketing, you don't need to be everywhere. Where are your people? Go deep. Yeah. Where are your people? And yes, everybody can be on Clubhouse. People all say they, they, they're selling out, they're doing this and they're doing that. But don't forget, you don't have to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you're sp- all over all these different places, as great as it sounds that everybody's getting all of this, don't believe what you read on social media all the time. Yeah. All that glitters is not gold. And even if things were really, 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 really like that, I wouldn't even need you to tell me. I would hear it in the receipts from others. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. You got receipts. I do. <laughs> Precious, I could talk to you for days and yes. days. I know we could, Queen. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know how we no, go. No, you're, you're fabulous. You can't wait. You're great. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm, 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 I'm all hyped up for the day now. I have to call, <laughs> I'm gonna, like, watch this recording every morning just to get myself going. But, um, so we're, we're going to wrap up on time, but we always ask our guests this one question. 
what is the weirdest thing that ever happened to you? The weirdest thing. I don't have to say meeting the actor because I, my friend and I put an ad on a little website that I'm ashamed to put out there because it'll make me look bad. <laughs> Wait, and, that's not authentic, Precious. Come on now. <laughs> okay, it was Craigslist. But can I just say it was 2010? It was 2010. Yeah, give me a clap. It was, it was a little bit different. And, you know, put this, I, I put out a poem. It was a little ad, but it was called Two to Tango. So I wrote, written a poem. I met a, a swimming instructor at a private school. I met a record producer and I met a, a famous Hollywood actor. None of that makes sense, right? Because it's Craigslist, right? And I was asking for a date, not anything else, contrary to what people will tell you. That's, mm-hmm. But when I met the actor in real life, right? I was sitting outside Sardi's restaurant. Um, and as soon as the show Memphis was like, I remember he was walking across the street and it's like time stood still because I just knew it was not gonna be true. And he looked so magnificent. And I didn't look the way I look today. Y'all was wearing flats. I was looking kind of, kind of, I was looking kind of bland. And he took me by the hand upstairs and uh, we were meeting all these people on Broadway. And he was just, yeah, because he knew these people. Mm. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> we closed down the restaurant. And I remember we walked downstairs and I thought he humored a big girl. I was 327 pounds. I was like, he humored a big girl. <laughs> Went home and just felt good and just be like, thank you for making a big girl feel good. He texted me like, let's do it again. <laughs> and why I say it was weird is because you never hear the story of the 327 pound woman who attracts the big Hollywood actor who then takes her all around the world, holds, hold, hold my hand in public, publicly puts me out there. And uh, it was weird but it was wonderful and it really happened in real life. I love that I love story. That. You are I'm a start, I'm gonna start story. crawling old photos of all the actors I can think of to see if I can find paparazzi. He's rock. black, let me just say that, he's black. So don't know if he think, you know, it was no brand pick up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'm narrowing it down. Okay. Oh, yeah, yes. You all right, are- Precious, this was amazing. Here, I'll let you wrap it up, but I am, this was awesome. And I am, I, I am just awed by you. I am too. Let our audience know if you can, Precious, if they're interested in hiring, learning more about you, um, talking to you about potential projects down the road, where can they get in touch with you? Okay, so the greatest way to get in t- contact with me is going to my website, www.perfectpitchesbyprecious.com. On my website, you can schedule as you can schedule a consultation with me on the schedule uh, banner. You can also check out my services and the work with me page, and you'll see that I do one-on-one coaching, training, and teaching. You'll also see I offer speaker services, pitching services. Um, I also offer a two-hour laser-focused coaching session. So if you have a, a problem in pitching or speaking, by the time that that two hours is up, you will have something tangible from me, whether it's a pitch or a strategy for you being able to move forward. In addition to that, you can also go on my website and purchase my books. So I have Bad Bitches and Power Pitches for Women Entrepreneurs and Speakers Only. I have Bad Bitches and Power Pitches, the workbook. And also this is on the front page, so you won't miss it. Pitching for Profit, the Bad Bitches Playbook to Convert Conversations into Currency. And if you love what we talked about today, this book goes even deeper on how to build and rebuild relationships and monetize them. And have people out there pitching for you because they truly understand what you do and where you should be going next right and then uh on linkedin i'm precious l williams killer pitch master you gotta stay on brand y'all that's exactly on twitter i am at perfect pitch p perfect pitch p on facebook i'm at perfect pitch 
P and on Instagram, I'm at Perfect Pitches P. On YouTube, you can go into my YouTube channel. It's Perfect Pitches by Precious. And overall, I'm so glad to have been here with these two dope queens today. That is how you can get in contact with me. And my email address is Precious at Perfect Pitches by Precious dot com always at your service i thank you all for having me thank you and to our audience thank you for your time we'll see you back here for the next episode of mavens of marketing same time same place see you next week bye it's a teaser clubhouse man it is all the rage these days except here's the thing it can be a little bit of a time suck and it's hard to navigate the rooms and oh by the way how do you know if somebody's an expert or just saying that they are coming up on the next episode of the mavens of marketing we've got beth nidick and she's going to walk you through all of the steps about how to use clubhouse from the very beginning how to create a profile that sings and jumps off the screen and lands in your potential client's laps, to how to navigate the rooms and how to figure out who you should connect with and how to make those algorithms work for you. Again, next episode of the Mavens of Marketing.